the impact of 5G is also to be able to manage a massive number of devices yeah. and therefore massive number of transactions online, real time, and uh, multiple play, right? So this is uh, the, the key target. And according to this target, then we have uh, to follow and we are implementing the new technologies. Yeah. It's not just a cloud. Mm. It's, uh, of course, cloud native is uh, one of the query requirements. We go through the uh, cloud ready. Hi and welcome to another Conversations at Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield, and this is another in our Transmissions from Tomorrow series. Now we are here in New York at the uh, 2018 Ericsson OSS BSS user group, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Emmanuel Ianetti. Hi Emmanuel, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for joining me to catch up and have a chat on, uh, on this podcast. Um, so uh, I want to delve into a number of the key things that are happening here this week uh, around the OSS and BSS, the uh, operational support systems and business support systems, and particularly in your world, um, and given that you head up that space inside uh, Ericsson uh, Digital Services. Um, but before we do that, maybe uh, could you maybe just introduce yourself and a little bit of background yourself. Where were you originally from? Where did you grow up? And what was your career path like to get into this exciting role within uh, Ericsson? Absolutely. Uh, I'm coming from Italy. Yeah. Uh, I joined Ericsson uh, five years ago, and at uh, that time uh, I used to be CEO, country manager for a system integrator. And then I joined Ericsson when Ericsson started to address uh, multiple uh, segments, multiple verticals. Right. Uh, taking the responsibility for services product within a BSS, OSS, cloud, and uh, core network business. Okay. And uh, at that time. Uh, I was uh, really excited to join Ericsson because of my background, but also because uh, Ericsson was looking to new markets yeah, and uh, yeah. you know the so-called uh, industry society. Uh, then after three years, I moved in uh, headquarters and uh, I took the responsibility for managed service and IT. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, right. And then uh, after one year, I've been called by Barry and uh, Jan Carson to drive the BSS uh, business, which is uh, quite uh, large and important for us. It's substantial. Now, in fact, I'm really keen to get you to, uh, for listeners who've tuned in, uh, and you know, they probably have a fairly good understanding of what uh, operational support systems mean in the telco and, and carry and, and operator market. They, they will certainly understand what business support systems are at the fundamental level. Uh, but maybe just give some insight into what that actual role means. So to head up the uh, whole area of business support systems within Ericsson Digital Services, um, can you share any insight into kind of what the role itself entails and what a day in your life generally looks like? Absolutely. Uh, business support system is basically what is behind uh, whatever device the end users or the business users are, in, are interacting with. Right. So it's a matter of uh, ordering, uh, care, billing, uh, charging, uh, exposition, so mm-hmm. presentation of uh, uh, whatever graphic interface in order to interact with uh, the channels and uh, with uh, the subsystems yep. uh, in order to get the build. Uh, then, of course, uh, we have two big areas. One is uh, B2C, so end users, right. consumers, and uh, the other one is uh, B2B, so companies that our customers are addressing. Uh, I think uh, you know the, the 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 big challenge, but at the same time, the greatest opportunity we have now is to catch the uh, 5G window, because uh, it's uh, the right time to right. to look for new use cases and uh, also to generate uh, new revenue streams for our customers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, many of them, tire ones, they 
started already the implementation for, for 5G, and 5G has an impact on BSS. So it's not just the technological evolution, but it's also how to generate uh, news cases, mm -hmm. how to generate uh, revenue streams, how to make sure that uh, all the new uh, deployments of 5G are captured in terms of value. So right. this is, uh, right. this is our, our target. Uh, and here we are discussing New York. This uh, user group is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we had uh, more than 60 customers, uh, different brands, and uh, more than 200 people joining us. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, a great platform to you know, connect, exchange opportunities of uh, dialogue and also mutually share our experiences. On one side, my team is sharing uh, what is the plan for the next uh, two, three years. Yeah. At the same time, we are collecting from them the needs and we are mapping. I mean, we, we, are, we are trying to understand if we are on the right direction uh, towards their missions. It's the perfect opportunity to build that roadmap, really, isn't it? And, and you know, I should uh, just clarify, as you said, when we are here in New York, um, this is the 2018 uh, user group event for uh, uh, folk who are in the operator and carrier space. So it, it is phenomenal to think that you've got 60 different brands under one roof alongside yourselves and, and, and Verizon. Um, that's not normally something that would happen comfortably, but I, I, I was really impressed yesterday on day one with the, uh, I guess, the, the camaraderie and the, the peering uh, conversations where people from different brands that may generally consider themselves competitors were openly sharing ideas and insights and knowledge about how they're approaching 5G, how they're dealing with some of the challenges around what network slicing is going to mean to them, uh, the difference in, in the throughput and the low latency and just the, you know even just the volume of, of data they're going to have to capture for billing information. Uh, and some of the demos were really, really engaging. I think at one point I saw like 20 people standing around the screen asking really detailed questions. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, congratulations on that alone. That's a fantastic outcome. But it is interesting to hear you say that this is an opportunity to build that roadmap because um, often that doesn't seem to be the case in my mind in other industries where you bring multiple competitors together and, and seek that insight from them to where do you want to go, where can we take you, and how can we enable that, right? That, that, that seems to be a tipping point that's, that's happened recently with Ericsson in particular where you've uh, gone through the digital transformation process, you've cloudified your platforms, the business support system is now very agile and nimble and, and, um, uh, and you can deploy things very quickly. You can come up with an idea instead of taking eight months to do it, you can sort of do it in eight days Absolutely. or eight hours, right? Absolutely. Uh, that, that must be a massive enabler, not just for yourselves, but for some of your clients to realize some of those use cases, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean we are looking uh, in uh, two directions. On yeah. one side, we are enabling our systems to get faster in the network, so easy to deploy, easy to operate, right. and, and uh, much easier to scale up. Uh, the impact of 5G is also to be able to manage a massive number of devices yeah. and therefore massive number of transactions online, real time, and uh, multiple play, right? So this is uh, the, the key target. And according to this target, then we have uh, to follow and we are implementing the new technologies. Yeah. It's not just the cloud. Mm. It's, uh, of course, cloud native is uh, one of the pre-requirements. We go through the uh, cloud ready. Uh, we are able to orchestrate to the OSS orchestration, dynamic orchestration uh, systems. But at the same time, is also the adoption of uh, open standards, uh, open APIs to get the system better in interconnected yeah. with uh, others. And then, uh, uh, you know, uh, all the technologies that are enablers for us 
to get to these efficiencies. Uh, right. in, the, in, the, in the operator heads, there is always the, the target to achieve a, a better TCO. So this is the technological driver. But we have another driver. The, the other driver is uh, basically something that in the, in the last three, four years became uh, probably the most important target for all of them, is to close the gap towards uh, the digital experience okay. that uh, yeah. the end users yeah. are facing, uh, are also transmitting to their counterparts. Yeah. And this is a matter of uh, brand recognition. So they know that uh, with uh, someone, uh, they have uh, a great digital experience. It's the one touch or one click or zero yeah. touch experience, yeah. right? And uh, you know, here the, 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 the benchmark is, is uh, towards the web players. Yeah. Amazon, Netflix, and so on. Yeah, yeah. So the operators are looking at this kind of experience, and they are trying to move it in the digital teleco environment. Right. So it's not just a matter of uh, having a multi-channel approach, because the multi-channel yeah. started uh, some years ago, yeah, yeah, when yeah. Uh, you know, we moved from the shops, the physical shops, to the online shops, uh, e-care devices, uh, either PC or, or mobile. But it is also the way the customer interact, the number of uh, interactions and touch they are having in order to get what they want. Yeah, of course, yeah. there are some measurable, easily measurable uh, KPIs. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times I retrieve, I, I try to get what I want. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, you know we, we are all using uh, and we are experiences, experiencing the, the web player, right? Yes, so if, yeah. I, if I want to buy a movie, just one click. If I want to exactly. to, to buy something in uh, Amazon, one click. That really uh, that really describes, uh, I guess, you know, one of the things I was keen to get your insights on is, that, you know, how is this whole world and ecosystem of business support systems evolving? And I think you've encapsulated it very well. That you know, once upon a time, I mean, I remember filling in a paper form to get my first mobile phone. Yeah. Uh, and I had to turn up with a driver's license and, and some other ID. Uh, and yet, as you said, you can just click on one button and get that Amazon buying experience online. And I guess that evolution is something that we're in many ways uh, having to keep up to and almost forced to keep up with because I like that term of being digitally disrupted by customers. You know, once upon a time, competitors might disrupt us, but now customers are almost disrupting us by default because they can get that experience in online buying, they can get it from movies, they now think that it's just normal. So to fill in a paper form to get a mobile phone or some other service or SD-WAN is abhorrent. They're like, well, why would I fill in a paper form or even a web form, right? Right. Um, where, where do you see some of those big evolutionary shifts coming about? I mean, you know, with that transformation, what has to happen in your world to go through that re-engineering, redesign process to be able to... Because you've got two worlds to marry, I guess. You've got the, the legacy infrastructures there, those long-term sunk costs that people have got, physical infrastructure, uh, they've got, you know, still coverage for 3G, they've got to manage 4G, they've got the LT, uh, multi sort of handoff, 5G comes along. What are some of the, the I guess, the, the transformations that have been put in place to bridge that gap between where we want to be with that digital transformation, digital consumer experience, so that almost what people call the celebrity experience as a customer, to still maintaining the, 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 the legacy environments that we've still got to run for potentially 15 years? Yeah, I think, I think the, 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 the biggest shift we have had is in the mindset, because three years ago, customer wanted to approach the digital transformation in one shot. Okay. So a big bang approach. Yeah. After several attempts and several projects, many of them recognized and are, are now testifying here, that um, probably a stepwise approach is right. the best one. It's right. more safe, is a uh, risk control, yeah. is uh, you know, is a uh, 
uh, gives the time also to adjust the organization, the processes, so offer a better exposure. Right. Uh, at the same time, what they are now working on, uh, and uh, it's becoming relevant and relevant, is uh, how to manage the data. So the power is in the data. Yes. So data control, single layer of managing whatever data the operator is, is getting, and uh, use this data in a structured way. I'm not talking about uh, just physical location. I'm talking about uh, processes. Yeah, yeah. How to get the best use of this data through an analytics layer yep. and uh, make sure that the data are used uh, by several uh, functions within the operator. Customer operations, for sure, marketing, sales, strategy, yeah, yeah. in order to get you know uh, the revenue streams predictable and also address their customers according to the segmentations they have through campaigns, through new offers, to binding. The second area, I think, is uh, the offer simplicity. Two or three years ago, we had uh, you know thousands of offer every month, a new offer, and the offers were basically appended in uh, their catalogs. Right, right. Now they are going for, you know, simple bundle uh, and, uh, you know, data for free, fixed yeah, price. Yeah. And this is, a, if you want, also a challenge for us because we have to adapt our strategy in order to catch the value It's going again. to be much more nimble and agile back in to be able to adapt to that, right? Right. And this is, a, this is a, you know, one of the shifts we, we had. Uh, but I think operators are getting uh, very well uh, the, the new value stream yeah. and that uh, they are trying now to get much more, more value out of the new use cases I, right. I was mentioning earlier so that's why 5G is opening for new opportunities yeah. healthcare, domotic, transportation, automation yeah. uh, industry uh, evolution right? yeah, that, 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 that's a great impact yeah, yeah. I would say more on the B2B side because they might have a, a chance to address medium and larger enterprises yeah, through yeah. These, uh, these kind of new technologies. But still, also consumers will, uh, will get the benefit. So this is uh, the new way. I, um, I was uh, hearing a couple of conversations yesterday. I saw a release come out. I understand uh, T-Mobile was working with Ericsson uh, in this very space you were talking about, and that they're actually looking at real-time billing as a, a, a solution. Uh, can you share any insight into what that's about and how that's come about? Yeah, historically, we are coming from real-time charging. Yes. And uh, our native environment is prepaid. We are doing this since right. 20 years. Yeah. So we are now getting a benefit out of this because uh, everything in the future will be re real-time. Yeah. Less uh, prepaid concept, if you want, because uh, we might have uh, real-time needs also on the postpaid side, but still... This is the heritage we have, yep. and we are trying to, to, to work on this and to build on this. Uh, T-Mobile is one of the very largest customers we have. And with them, we are not just uh, having a relationship uh, supplier-customer. At least this is what we think. Yeah. There is a lot of yeah. partnership approach, and we are also co-generating ideas and, uh, and the new projects together. Yeah. Of course, uh, we are managing uh, a relevant part of the, their BSS. In this case, we moved to a standalone uh, uh, static uh, stacks to a completely virtualized on OpenStack uh, right. BSS. Yep. And uh, this is uh, a great uh, pattern because we recognize also the value out of this. We moved uh, more than 200, just to give you yep. a measure, 200 uh, 
nodes in a 90 days, less than 90 days, wow. right? So this is something that That's in the past would have taken a probably more than six months yeah, or yeah. one year, Maybe right? Yeah. Exactly. So this is uh, the, 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 the results that we're getting with them. Fantastic. And uh, they are front runners, so they are looking for what's next. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are working with them uh, very, very close to one each other. We are putting together also energies, people, and uh, if you want also our R&D is very right. close to them right. in order to co-generate yeah. work together. It's, it's, it, what's really interesting is that when we used to think about, uh, and, and when you said uh, prepaid, we, you know, we sort of think about, okay, I might buy a $50 plan, I've got prepaid data and call, but you've had to then do, you know, even when it was batch mode, you had to sort of do it every 5, 10, 15 minutes because you, you couldn't afford someone to spend double their prepaid and then find out and have to cap them, right? So you had to do near real-time billing and then real-time. Uh, you know, I think, again, we take for granted, you know, 2018, we think everything's instant, but stream analytics in real time on usage on the, the sort of scale of 5G across what would be billions of handsets uh, is a very non-trivial challenge, right? Um, I'm interested in the comment you made before with regard to the, um, the digital experience as well. You used a term when we were chatting yesterday, actually, um, uh, around this concept of closing the gap uh, between... Uh, traditional B2B, business-to-business, and business-to-consumer. Um, I'd love to get your insights into kind of what that means in your world, uh, both you know, in your, your personal role as far as heading up the BSS inside uh, Ericsson Digital Services, but also as, as an industry. I mean, you've got you know, like 60 different uh, uh, brands, let's say, and partners here. Um, they must be sharing a lot of their experience in that closing the gap challenge between the consumer and the enterprise space. Um, what can you tell us about what that actually means, closing the gap between B2B and B2C? And, and particularly from the delivery point of view, uh, you know, is it a case that self-service is a, a new thing that people are asking for, or um, what are the expectations? I'd really love to get some any sort of insight into what closing that gap actually means in that world. Yeah, you know, closing the gap doesn't mean that we are we, we will have a convergence between no, a consumer no, and a B2B. Yeah. However, we are building up end-to-end systems that are exposing our capabilities and the operators' yeah. capabilities uh, in a virtual shop, if you want. And for both of them, either you manage a consumer or you manage a B2B relationship, yeah. having a simplified interface, having a, a sort of self-care where the operator will uh, allow their technical, uh, sorry, their um, sales and marketing uh, department yep. to operate and sh- change plans, change uh, uh, tariffs, and uh, be autonomous in the right, configuration right. Uh, of the, the, the bundles or the services yeah. or whatever new offer they want to, to put on, uh, on, on the shop. It will rely, basically, and will re- release as well, a lot of uh, free time, if you want, yes. for technical people to operate on the technical space. In the past, it was like uh, a cycle mm-hmm. where the end of the loop was again on the table of the technical guys, on the CTO table right. or the CIO right. table. Now we are trying to push it up and uh, make a small, smaller loop uh, with autonomy yeah. in the sales and, uh, and marketing side, of course, respectively, consumer and, uh, and B2B. So uh, through our centralized catalog approach, we have uh, a, a system, the commercial and, uh, and uh, product catalog, out of which we can manage data of our customers, offering orders and the deployment, fulfillment yeah. of the, the, the orders through this layer. And what we are building up is a, is a 
a new enabler able to connect to systems that or applications that the customer might have already mm -hmm. with a simplified interface, with a simplified, uh, again, zero-touch approach, yeah. uh, with open APIs, uh, easy to integrate. So that, that's something that we are trying to accommodate in order to speed up time to market, uh, uh, cost efficiency, yeah. and uh, basically an overall saving in terms of time and money. Uh, so this is uh, what yeah. we have shown yesterday. We, we were talking about uh, the XP, digital experience platform. And uh, probably the 20 people you have seen around the demo, they were looking yes. at that. Yeah, they were literally hanging on. Uh, I didn't get her name. Um, but there's this lovely lady doing a, a very detailed demo on the platform and, and how she could essentially create a new offering, instantiate right. it immediately, Correct. create a pricing model, and then within seconds she was actually consuming it on another screen saying, I'm now a consumer. And the looks on people's faces when they realized she had just logged into the BSS platform, created an offering, instantiated it, deployed it, and Correct. then logged in on another tab as a consumer and consumed it instantly. And you could see these looks on these people's faces saying, uh, like, That's great. How? How did that happen, right? Uh, and this leads to, you, you mentioned a couple of things that leads me to my next question, if you don't mind, uh, around virtualization. And, and you talked about uh, reduced time to implement some of these services, re you know, reduced cost to implement better, you know, reduced total cost of um, ownership and so forth, or in this case, sometimes total cost of operation. Uh, virtualization, you, know, you mentioned you're working with OpenStack. I know you're talking with Matt Scarlton, we've had him on the show a couple of times, and I actually caught him for a coffee this morning. Uh, you know, a lot of the work you're, around, you're doing around OpenStack, certainly, um, and, and you know, Ericsson's done an enormous amount of work and investment in open source, particularly with OpenStack, around, uh, I guess, you know, transformation of Nova to cope with the five nines and be able to instantiate and monitor environments where infrastructure might go offline, uh, some of the heat templates for orchestration and automation. Uh, and then he was even mentioning today that uh, as, as, as early as five or six years ago, you were working on a, a style guide and a design guide so that the same menus, the same look and feel were all in, you know, consistent across the platforms. Uh, virtualization, though, seems to be a big one for me. And uh, you know, moving from physical boxes to virtual machines to now cloud uh, uh, models where we're sort of talking about Docker-based apps in Kubernetes clusters on you know, uh, uh, OpenStack. Um, I mean, this, this is a really big topic, but I'm really interested in, in when we're talking about T-Mobile and getting that real-time capability, uh, this transformation of the business support systems into virtualized and cloud models, I mean, this must be a game changer for you guys as an organization, but also for your customers, because that demo yesterday really showed me in real life that as an operator, you could log in and create a service, instantiate it, and instantly offer it on the website so one could buy it. I mean, it goes without saying it's a game changer, but I mean, how do you even come to describe that when you're trying to talk about it to these 60 odd people in this room, uh, in this in this event here at the uh, OSS BSS uh, user group uh, for 2018? Uh, it, it must be a, a big concept to come to grips with when they've had longer cycles, right? Uh, virtualization must underpin a significant amount of this transformation for you now. Absolutely, this is uh, this is the biggest biggest enabler we right. have. Uh, of course, what you are seeing uh, in terms of uh, instantiation and uh, deployment and uh, get back what you want in seconds. This is not necessarily driven by virtualization. Sure. However, what we are doing, uh, according to the new technologies, is uh, a huge enabler for us because mm -hmm. customer then can deploy yeah. the new systems in uh, hours if you want. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, with this transformation, we have also new challenges. Yeah. Security, uh, controls, yes. Yes. KPIs, yeah. 
policy control, yeah. how to make sure that uh, we have uh, the right uh, bandwidth capacity, speed uh, for the instant sheeted, uh, yeah. not visible anymore if you want, it's not uh, material, right? Yeah. So uh, applications. So And this is uh, opening for us another opportunity, which is uh, to develop uh, close to that additional uh, services, additional uh, applications and tools in order to make sure that our customer are safe right. and feel safe. Right. Yeah, it's less uh, tangible. It will become more intangible, but still, we can we can it's, control it uh, in a great way. There's uh, that phrase of uh, you know uh, you can hand someone a gun to protect themselves, but they can just as easily shoot themselves in the foot, right? right. And I think um, you know I, there, there's a great anecdote that I often share around uh, when Netflix was actually uh, legally available in Australia, people didn't have to buy VPNs to get to it. Uh, overnight, as soon as Netflix, that one little icon on an application on a smartphone. The international bandwidth into Australia over the internet increased by 40%. So it nearly doubled the international bandwidth with one application. Sure. Uh, and I had a really great conversation with one of your colleagues around fixed uh, wireless access the other day. And one of the comments that came out of it was fixed wireless access was a killer app because you, you put this wireless access point into your house, it did 5G into the building and then you know, Wi-Fi locally for the local devices. Uh, but it meant the thing wasn't moving around the network. So you could plan around it and you could make sure the bandwidth was there. One of the things that always strikes me with 5G is that when you've got the low latency, high throughput, whether it's a mobile device or a, uh, an enterprise mobility solution with a laptop or whatever, or an autonomous vehicle, these are very big, lumpy chunks of traffic moving around in a fairly unpredictable way, potentially. Um, I guess this is where virtualization helps as well, because you can quickly instantiate it at the edge of the network and roll new Absolutely. capabilities out to, you know, whether it's routing and switching, uh, calling you know, software-defined uh, uh, WANs or whatever the case may be. Um, to move with the changes very quickly as opposed to having just have someone run out and put a, a rack-mounted device somewhere and plug in some cables, right? Yeah, I think there is, there is a big convergence on that. Yeah. 5G will allow and will require capacity to manage massive and very critical applications, massive number of devices, at the same time cloud and a new way of developing software yeah. is allowing a scale with no roof, basically. So this is uh, exactly, you know, like the same phrase. the same direction we are having. Probably, yeah. I would say that the the, the, the biggest uh, uh, paradigm shift will be in the oper inside the operator within the organization. Right. Because we will have a lot of uh, job, lot of profiles that mm. have to be, you know, m modeled. Yeah. We, we have yeah. to to shift in competences. We have yeah. to change our way of working. Mm. Uh, you know. Two years ago, three years ago, there were not uh, data scientists in, uh, yeah. in uh, companies. Today, since we want to work on the data analysis, we need uh, analytics and we need uh, data scientists to work yeah. on analytics. Uh, we had no artificial intelligence. Today, on our front end, uh, we are pushing for uh, native uh, uh, speaking recognition, right? Yes. And yeah. natural language uh, recognition. So, this is uh, important. And uh, in order to manage that, we need uh, people able to, to, to do it. So people mm -hmm. expert on uh, uh, RPA, RBA, AI, uh, so wh whatever kind of uh, machine learning exactly. uh, experience and profile. Uh, and at the same time, customer operations will be managed differently. Right. Because you are not going to search, you are not going to interact verbally with uh, all your customers, yeah, yeah. but then you have to be able to provide value as soon as your customer contact you, maybe yeah. through a chatbot or whatever digital channel. So that, yeah. that's, that's the shift 
that is really it's, the it's a big challenge, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's essentially that always-on support layer, that, that 24-7, 365, 9 o'clock somewhere in the world, at, at every hour of the day, you have to be always-on, 99.999% availability at the support layer. It's one thing to have the infrastructure and pick it up and get a dial tone, but it's a different thing to have a chatbot who can answer all your questions when you've got a support problem or, or a sales problem. One of the things that strikes me about this talking to yourself this morning here and uh, people around uh, yesterday was uh, the, the scale. And we, we talk about scale, but we're at web scale almost with the telco space. And we've talked about web scale and sort of web 2.0 and the cloud world and the Amazons and the Netflixes. But you know, this whole telco world brings another dimension to the, the concept of web scale because of the speed and the volume and the, and the throughput and the low latency. How do you even approach something of that scale? I mean, when you think about rolling out virtualized uh, business support systems capabilities, I mean, this is a non-trivial undertaking. Uh, what are some of the, the approaches and thinking that you'd apply from the Ericsson side of things when you when you look at rolling something out like this at this scale, this project level? Um, are there any insights you can share around how Ericsson approaches these very large-scale things and how you might share uh, that, that learning with some of the customers as to... This is how we go about it, Ericsson. This is what we've learned, and, and you know that fail and fail fast journey you've been through. These are the pitfalls. This large-scale project deployment like this is a non-trivial thing in my mind. Other, or is it really just that it's in your DNA and you've been doing these large-scale things for a long time? I think at Ericsson we are very experienced on large-scale uh, yeah. deployment, yeah. right? So starting from the network. Uh, when it comes to OSS or BSS uh, on the application side. Uh, complexity is also connected to scale. Right. But, uh, for us, uh, scale right. is not a number of customers to be managed. So an implementation for an operator with a 10 or 100 million subscriber is uh, more or less the same uh, effort and kind of program we are having. Okay. Especially because we, we go through now the virtualized and the cloud native approach. Yeah. So. You know, scalability is inside the, the system we are deploying. Uh, at the same time, what we are, we are facing is that uh, the complexity is getting uh, higher yes. when uh, multiple instances or multiple countries and uh, different use cases are requested to be implemented for us. So the more the use cases are different and, uh, you know, more complexities introduced in the overall project, yeah, then uh, yeah. this is becoming for us a more uh, a challenge. So uh, simplicity is uh, the, the receipt, basic, basically, right. to avoid the failure and uh, to make sure that uh, we are going to get uh, easy to implement for our benefit and the customer benefit. So uh, probably uh, the approach where I was describing earlier on a phase-by-phase -phase approach starting with a, a, a reduced number of uh, use cases you want to run in your new digital platform and then uh, a, a gradual upgrade and move uh, from the old to the new. Right. This is a, a kind of a safe approach for us. I imagine the, uh, I mean, you know, we've recently seen the announcement with uh, Ericsson's acquisition of Cenex, for example. Now, mm -hmm. um, their focus has been around uh, network automation and, and I guess intelligent fault finding and so forth. Uh, I suspect that the BSS part of the business that you you head up will probably be able to leverage some of that capability and analytics and time as well around uh, employment and deployment. Because you know what you were just talking about there with the scale and speed. I mean, 
we're at the point now in my mind, and I'd love to get, hear what you think about this, that I don't think humans can keep up with the speed and the scale of coping with this now. We, we need to apply machine learning. We need to use some form of artificial intelligence to, to track in real time with stream analytics to see what's happening now, but also to do some predictive analytics as in, if this happens, it's likely that that will happen. Is that really the case? Do you still see the Senex acquisition helping your part of the business in, in providing better artificial intelligence capabilities to look at some of the things that BSS needs to leverage around uh, business support systems and, and some of the, the infrastructure that you're running? Uh, OSS and BSS are very interconnected. Of course. They are connected on the data management, the mediation layer, because this is the layer where all the data are collected. Yes. Uh, they are very interconnected where we are talking about uh, analytics because analytics might serve the business purposes but also the control, the orchestration, right, the administration right. purposes. And therefore, these acquisitions are always closing a, a, a loop yes. that was missing. Yes. So for us, it's very important. And the more we are going to this kind of a virtualized path, the better for us, because mm. uh, of course orchestration is getting a relevant importance. Yes. Uh, and and for, for us, orchestration is valid for all the digital service yeah. uh, applications. Yeah. It's not just BSS, all the others. So absolutely, yes. Uh, this it is seemed uh, this a very is natural acquisition. I remember talking to Jan Carlson uh, some time ago when we were in Schuster for a tour with the studio there. And uh, I was asking about some of the thinking around where they're going to go with automation of various parts of the organization. And obviously, he couldn't go into detail back then, and it may not have been on the table at stage. But it seemed natural to me there were a number of acquisitions Ericsson might consider, as you said, to close some of those loops in that uh, it makes sense to acquire that capability and get uh, a faster time to market, as opposed to trying to build it from scratch yourselves for various reasons. Um, but you've also been working with Cenex for, for, I think, like nearly a decade or so anyway. So it was a, a match made in heaven. Right. Um, it also seems to me that when you were talking about the, the relations between uh, um, operational support systems and business support systems, the interoperability is probably completely uh, uh, you know, transparent. I mean, there's almost like no barrier. Once upon a time, I think there might have been a, a clean wall between the two environments because they seem to be different. As you said now, they seem to be almost just bolted at the hip that you can't have one without the other. You know, it's one thing Absolutely. To, to instantiate an account, but you've then got to put it and orchestrate it in place, and if you're monitoring the network and the faults, you've got to reflect it back to the support systems and the billing systems, right? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we will take a benefit also internally, because this is not just uh, what do we deliver in field, but this right. is uh, how do we build our products. Yes, yes. And uh, the more we have uh, these uh, control layers in place, the better and easier will be the way we are developing the new products, yeah. right? So uh, both uh, AI or orchestration yeah. or data management or analytics they will help us in a shorter the software life cycle yes look for synergies uh, improve the quality of the software uh, close uh, a better software release yeah. pattern yeah. and uh, improve also the let's say let's say the quality releases so yeah. we will basically shorten the, the path to release software of the the, the timeline and uh, we will get a better yeah. better quality over, over time. I, I can foresee, and I, and I know that it's sort of happening already in some ways, but I can foresee a scenario where it's almost real-time deployment. That someone has an idea, someone can codify it, build a model, test the model very quickly, and deploy it instantly real-time. And, and this is what I was referring Yeah, it's, this is you the CI-CD approach. And yes, uh, we, yeah, yeah. We, we are already having uh, some uh, areas where it's uh, full speed. Yeah. And uh, it's not only internally, 
is also in cooperation with some customers. Yeah. And uh, T-Mobile is one of the customers, for example. Right. Uh, with them, we are now putting in place a CI/CD approach, and uh, yeah. it's uh, it's great to have uh, you know a, the same uh, the same target together in this uh, joining uh, effort. It's and, a natural um, evolution, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. for listeners who don't know, CI/CD so continuous improvement, continuous development. So you you find a way to improve the capability, the organizational platforms or tools. You quickly develop the capability and you instantiate and, and implement it so that as these containerized apps are being used, someone might log in, look at their billing, uh, and then that might be version 1.1, and then you release 1.2, the next person logs in, gets 1.2 with a new capability instantly. There's no sort of de- Correct. De- delay in that deployment, right? And you continually roll out. You might have a break fix, you might have a, a whatever. I'm really keen now, before we wrap up, there's one thing I love to do with my guests, and I hope you don't mind, uh, we were talking about this earlier on. I would love to hand you a crystal ball, a virtual crystal ball, and get you to just gaze into it for a moment. Um, one of the things I'd like to do just briefly before we wrap up is, uh, given that you are literally at the bleeding edge of this thing, uh, if you'll pardon the pun, on, on edge computing, uh, 12 to 18 months' time uh, down the track, you've got a number of big uh, brands in this, in this building currently with like over 60 of them talking about what they want to do. Uh, do you have a sense of any really big new things that, that we might be able to anticipate coming down the line? I mean, when we think about where we are today with business support systems and operational support systems in sort of, you know, Dockerized containers under Kubernetes with CICD, full DevOps integration, uh, almost, you know, always on thinking, five years ago, we would have just scoffed at it. it would be, there's no way you can do that. Um, do you think there are any other big trends and waves that you can foresee uh, that don't necessarily have to impact the, the share price of the company, but um, uh, so it's not investment advice, but um, what's in your heart that you think will be the next big thing, or what, what are the moonshots you'd love to see come about in the next 12 to 18 months, given what you've got now? Because, I mean, the tools you have at your fingertips now when you head up this BSS part of the organization must be so exciting to get out of the bed in the morning and think, I can now do these use cases, I can now create these things that we, we couldn't do three to five years ago. Yeah, I think I think we are at the inflection point now. We are defining right now the budget for the next three five years, right. and uh, we are starting the journey on all the chapters we were touching earlier: cloud native uh, containerization, virtualization, uh, yeah. analytics, yeah. AI, and so on. So I guess that in five years from now, there will be the maturity point for that. Today is a, is a long journey. It's not uh, implemented uh, fully any of them. Yeah. So my guess and my target would be to have all of them for all the portfolio we have in okay. BSS. And uh, as a target, if you want, this is, uh, maybe you will be disappointed. This is not a crystal ball no, approach. No, this is great. This is but uh, for BSS perspective, I would like to have uh, to fix all the projects, in, the complex projects. Yeah we are managing today we, because we have a multiple deployments all, all over the world for our customers. So on one side, I, w- I would like to have uh, in five years, three years uh, f- from now, yeah. all the new technologies and the way of working implemented in my portfolio. At the same time, I would like to get done all the complex deployments that we, we are facing. Today. I like that. In fact, I like that more than just sort of a, a dream of, of what might come out of the horizon because to me, that, that, that's clearly something in your heart that you're going to, right. you're going to make that happen. I, I, right. know, I mean, you know, looking at the amazing things you've achieved in the last uh, couple of years alone, both you personally, your career, and also Ericsson as an organization and Ericsson Digital Services, 
I have every confidence that's going to not only become a reality, uh, I look forward to being a consumer of the services that are available from that. Uh, well, Emmanuel uh, Ianetti, thank you so much for making time to catch up with me here at the uh, 2018 uh, Ericsson OSSBSS user group here in New York uh, in, in what is a fairly cold warehouse scenario, but it's a very cool grunge New York warehouse. Um, it's been great to get to uh, talk to you this morning and uh, congratulations on a very successful event um, and just the, the marriage of all of these amazing brands uh, and uh, really look forward to seeing that, uh, that vision you've just outlined uh, coming to fruition. Uh, so thank you very much for your time. It's been great My talking pleasure. with you. Uh, and folks, we will wrap up with that. Uh, you've just had some great insights from uh, uh, Emmanuel Iannetti, uh, who uh, heads up the uh, uh, business support systems part of Ericsson Digital Services uh, and an enormous portfolio, a very exciting platform there. But we also owe you a debt of gratitude in making a lot of the uh, use cases we've been dreaming of for years come to reality. So I really appreciate your time, and I uh, look forward to having you back on the show again soon. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot.